Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I want to know more about this darkness. It sounds like a jail cell to me, <laughs> like a holding cell. I don't know if you've ever been locked up. I've been locked up before, and it's a holding cell where you can't go out. It's dark, and um, they slide your food through. I want to know more about this darkness thing. Can you explain this to me? I love you back, man. You're, such a, you're, you're a one of one my friend. Pac-Man Jones asking the questions that we all want answers to. And the subtext, I think, of that question was, why in the hell did you do it? What in the world would possess someone to voluntarily lock themselves in a dark room for multiple days to obtain some sort of clarity? He explained there were hallucinations involved after a period of time. He was there 72 hours, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, that was just a subplot to a rollicking one-hour appearance by Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show yesterday with A.J. Hawk, with Pac-Man Jones, with McAfee's guys. And we learned a lot of things, a lot of things that we thought we knew were confirmed. There was nothing earth-shattering nothing. yesterday nope. that Rodgers said. The only thing that was surprising was the fact that he said it all. And, you know, Chris, this is a guy who's aired his grievances in the past. Remember in 2021 he showed up for training camp and he had that half-hour press conference sure. where – He openly complained about the way they treated players and they don't listen to him. This was just part two of that as he makes his path out the door. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. He's putting a little pressure on the situation. I like the honesty and all that. I mean, it was, you know, the longest I had ever watched that show before. You know, that's for sure because it just was kind of hanging on every word. You were looking for Aaron Rodgers, you know, what else is he going to unpack? Is he going to, you know, unveil another little secret or misspeak or something that you can kind of gleam into something there. Um, but nonetheless, listen, I respect Rogers and his ability to get in front of the camera and talk and be free. Like I always say, but, uh, yeah, this thing's got some drama left in it and we're not done yet. That's what we realized here. And then, you know, he uses phrase like digging the heels in. That's what green Bay's doing. Uh, I don't know if I don't, I don't feel any better, here as of right now other than that we know Rodgers definitely wants to go to the Jets but I don't know when this deal is going to get officially done I'm kind of shocked that these things weren't in place I guess a little bit more prior to meeting and the meeting and all of that I think that's the thing that jumps out to me we'll break that down over the course of maybe the next hour here he talked for an hour yesterday we're going to talk for an hour here and There really is a point at which his effort at weekly transparency morphs into bully pulpit. And, hey, look, this is our space to say whatever we want, and we are going to say whatever we want. He does come off as a bully at times, and he doesn't get pushed back the way that he could or the way that he should. It's part of the 
the symbiosis of this relationship where he wouldn't go on that show if it wasn't a safe space for him where he could say whatever he wants and not get pushback. And they dance around the edges of certain issues. And to the trained eye, you get an idea what they're thinking, but they still don't, don't ask, ask the question. It. It made some, AJ made some woody... Actually, yeah. AJ... Go ahead. AJ Hawk actually pressed him on something and Pat McAfee jokingly chastised him and they let it go. Right. Right. That's how it that's how it works. And you mentioned the Woody Johnson stuff. Pat danced around the big pharma thing right. a couple of different ways, but never came out and asked it. And Rogers never took the bait. Rogers didn't want to go there. See, I think that's what's fascinating about this. I think they are careful not to push him and phrase certain things as a joke that he either picks up on or ignores. Yeah. And that's how they know to leave it alone. Right. If he ignores it, we're just going to leave it alone. Right, right. I, I, I would agree with that. So, you know, From what we've seen over the last year, yeah. And, hey, I, I'm not mad at them for that, for being delicate here. You know, this is a win-win for both sides. Rodgers is getting to talk. and it's not 60 minutes. Well, it's not 60 minutes. No, it's not 60 minutes, but it was 60 minutes, I'm sure. It some... was 60 minutes. Whoa. Well, yeah, but not <laughs> without the, not the hard-heading question. It's not questions. 60 minutes of show. Yeah, but, but either way, I mean, yeah, they're going to be delicate with him. I mean, come on. I would think that their ratings and views and all that were, like, the greatest in the history of the show yesterday. You had people tuning in that, you know, probably never tune in to, to the Pat McAfee show just to hear what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. So I'm not going to fault them for – being delicate around him. He's their number one star, number one guest they've had in the history of the show. And I understand that, you know, they're, they're going to kiss his butt a little bit, make sure he's not, you know, too angry. This is the closest thing the NFL has had to a LeBron James 2010 decision special. And 500,000 people were simultaneously watching the YouTube live stream at the time this occurred. And it was because of Rogers there. And frankly, at one point, the, idea flashed through my brain and rocketed around inside my my uh, thought process that it should be higher than 500,000. I mean, where's everybody else? People are are fascinated with this story. Let's th- here he is. He's telling it. Now, it took him a while to get there. There was a little bit of a wind up. Yeah. He went through like About 12 Packers or 13 minutes draft history. Yeah, right. Right. Like at, at uh, and it's like, come on, man, let's just get down to it. And I, I was wondering whether he was even going to get to the point or if he was going to stop short and just leave things for us to try to infer or imply whichever word is right there. I think he implies we infer. The infer is from us. The imply is from him. Either way, he didn't do it. He was express. There was nothing to infer. It was all right there. And let's let's hear a little bit more from the four-time MVP and eventually – soon to be, intends to be, member of the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, on where he stood before he locked himself in a closet and what his current intention is. And pay careful attention to the word intention. Have a listen. You know, I got to admit, I went in the darkness, 90% retiring, 10% pulling. That's where my my mind was. I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, and I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me and kind of digging their heels in. So I would just uh, <laughs> I think it is interesting at this point to step back and look at the whole picture. Um, you know, my side, love and appreciation, gratitude for everything that Green Bay has done for me. Love, so much love and gratitude and just heart open for the Packer fans and what it meant to be their quarterback. And also the reality of the situation, you know, like it is what it is. The Packers would like to move on. They've let me know that in so many words. They let let other people know that in direct words. Um, And because I still have that fire and I I, want to play and I would like to play in New York, uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, getting that done at this point. There was a moment, and for an important interview like this, and really, I can't turn it off. When you practice law and you're always listening for inconsistencies in people's versions, it doesn't go away. You're always scanning everything they say to see if it meshes with other things they said. 
And the way he laid it out, Chris, at the end of the season, he claims the Packers were unconditional and unequivocal in their desire for him to come back. Right. You decide what you're going to do. We want you here as long as you want to be here. And he goes into the darkness retreat, 90% leaning toward retirement. With that understanding that the Packers have a spot for him if he wants it. And then when he comes out, something has changed. That's when he starts to get the idea based upon things he's hearing that they want to move on. But later in the interview, he... Changes that a little bit, right? He was getting the sense, right. At the end of the season. season, Right. That's where I wanted to go here. During the season, too. Right. right. Yeah. During the season, he's getting the sense they want to move on. So which is it? See, this is where if it was a little 60 minutes-ish, someone would have said, hey, Aaron, whoa, hey, time out. You, You said earlier at the end of the year they made it clear they wanted you. And now you're saying that you got a sense during the season they didn't. So you either walked out the door thinking they were going to leave a light on for you or you walked out the door thinking they don't want me back. Which one is it? Help me understand this. And there's a way you can frame it like I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Not hard-hitting fastballs you know, aimed at the forehead. You could say, I wait, well, I, I just want to understand, you know, and they may have a little bit. I may have to go back and rewatch it. But that was the opening to say you're, you're kind of telling two different stories here and you're trying to create. It's almost like the the Michael Jordan. I'm going to create the the thing that drives me. The Packers did me wrong. The Packers lied to me. The Packers created an impression and something changed. And I'm even more motivated now to go play really well to prove that they should have wanted me back, even if he did have the idea all year long that the train was pulling into the station. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know what he was trying to accomplish there. I don't. I I certainly picked up on the same thing, Mike. You know, I I, I was sitting there and, like, even rewound the part where, you know, he was at, hey, I I think it was really after A.J. Hawk asked him kind of a tough question, where he kind of went, well, hey, I, I kind of knew that was never going to happen, if you remember that part, right, Mike? I, I, had a, yeah. I had a feeling. I knew really towards the end of the season, the last few games, I could tell that you know the momentum for me being back and they didn't want me and he was getting feelings. And I know I'm paraphrasing that way a little bit. You know, but, yeah, there, there's a little bit of uh, talk out of both sides of his mouth when it comes to that you know, department. And I'm also with you in the – you know, one, I don't love ever hear a player, a player go, well, I went into this this last week 90% re- retiring, 10% playing. I'm always a little bit, well, then you're kind of on retirement. You know, I, I don't know. It doesn't make me feel good if you're coming to my team. I'm going, wait, the guy a week ago was 90% retiring. Now he went in a dark room and he wants to play football and he's motivated. I, that makes me question that too. But, yes, to your last point there of just like, uh, it, it 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 seems like the fire got lit a little bit because of hey I'm hearing they talk to people they definitely want to move on and in some words they told me but they were direct to the other teams and that you know that I feel like that's what he wanted to say but that lit a fire under me a little bit but I, I was with you that was definitely one of the most inconsistent parts of the whole interview where it did not match up with two different things he said there. And the message intended by that, I believe, is yeah. to the Packers, F around and find out. See, if you just would have acted like you wanted me, I would have just retired. And you wouldn't have to deal with me going to the Jets and possibly taking the Jets to heights that the Packers will be incapable of matching. The only thing that would make this any better is if they played each other this year. Why couldn't this have happened a year ago and the Jets would be going to Lambeau Field like they did in 2022. So, but but I think it's more about not beating the Packers. It's more about trying to get back to the Super Bowl. And, and this is where the all-in bet comes from Rodgers. If you get to the Super Bowl with this team that is fairly loaded, sneakily loaded yeah, are the Jets. Definitely. You make it look like the Packers are the thing that held you back from being Tom Brady as it relates to more... Super Bowl appearances. It wasn't me. It was them. Now, I want to pivot, Chris, to this this 
issue that Rogers laid bare. I agree with you. I thought it was malpractice initially for the Packers to allow the Jets to talk to Rogers without knowing what specifically the Jets right. would give. Right. It dawned on me yesterday, though. Once Rogers bears his soul, once Rogers comes out and says what he said, I mean, look, the Packers are in the driver's seat here. The Packers are in a position to drive a hard bargain because they can squat on this contract. And I said yesterday, they're willing to wait until the draft. And hell, if they wait until after the draft, they wait until after June 1, it's a much better cap charge this year for the Green Bay Packers if they trade him after that June 1 point where the acceleration goes next year, not this year. So they're in actually a pretty good spot to sit, cross their arms, and wait for the Jets. Now, I agree with Rodgers on one point, and we've said this as it relates to Tom Brady. We've said it as it relates to Aaron Rodgers. He's given you 18 years. He's been, and he said it himself. No doubt. One of the best. I mean, one of the best. The best. Well, one of the he, best. He named Brett Barstar and ever. Favre and all that. Right. Yes, no right. doubt. But he right. was right. But he 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 put himself in the pantheon, and he belongs there. Sure. And he's been a loyal soldier. Right. And he didn't cause this mess. He didn't draft Jordan Love. He wanted to stay until it was time to retire. And do right by Aaron Rodgers. He said it, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. Green Bay Packers. It's wrong for you to slow this down. You weren't going to get anything for him if he truly was going to retire. You weren't going to get his services. You weren't going to get compensation. You weren't going to get jack diddly squat. So why are you being difficult now? That, I agree with him 100%. 100. And it's, it's better for outsiders to make that argument than him. Because look at it this way. Packers fans don't care at this point. He's leaving. Yeah. That, where's the pressure going to come on the Packers to do something now? Do you think their fans are going to say, you should let him go? Or, damn it, screw that guy. Get everything you can. Well, I think a little bit of both. I, 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 I check, like look at comments on the article, I, you know, and, and articles you've written. I think there is a little that don't. way. Like he's done great. But, yeah, you're right. More than not, it's going to be, wait, let's get more. Get, let's get more for our football team. But he played that card yesterday. Yeah, because he's probably feeling like, what the hell? What's going on here? He definitely did. Uh, you know, Mike, that's why I know we're friends. It's the exact spot I wanted to go to next. Yeah, okay. You know, I, I don't know what you would call it, you know, but yes, he made it uh, a plea. And why making that plea uh, reminded us that, yeah, there is no question. For me, he's the best player in the history of that franchise. He is. You know that. I think Aaron Rodgers at his prime is arguably the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. There's nothing, nothing like him when he was going strong. And then we've, we've talked about this, you know, to, to exhausting limits. I mean, it has not been the greatest support system there. They've been good. They've been in the Super Bowl window for about 15 years, and it was only because number 12. We were never like, oh, the Packers this year have a, have a shutdown defense. Oh, the Packers this year have an unbelievable running game. Watch out for that. Oh, the Packers this year have weaponry around Rodgers everywhere. Yeah, I know he's had some good receivers, and of course, Devon. Monte Adams here towards the end that was special but still he carried a team consistently for 12 13 years and we all every year well Green Bay maybe put him in the Super Bowl I mean you did it last year it's the Rodgers effect right that's part of it so yeah I I would like to think that they would have a little soft place in their heart for one of their own and that's where he got into you know treat people the right way and people who have been there and you know blood and sweat for your organization you know I I understand those thoughts you know but there also is a part of me that goes well you know hey they they got to do right by you and they should but you know you've kind of been needling them for the last three years too and they're probably enjoying watching you squirm a little bit here towards the end of this whole relationship what a shock that the guy that Aaron Rodgers reportedly wanted to be fired is now being difficult well, they, when the time that, comes that's what I mean, to right. end the relationship. Right. What a surprise. Right. What a freaking surprise. I don't care how professional you are. Right? Might take advantage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's always personal. Exactly. And the other reality, too, with the Green Bay Packers, when you don't have an owner 
There isn't that one person That's who right, can feel Mike. any external pressure to do anything. They can just sit back and do their jobs, and there's no one who's going to show up today and say, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of all these stories. I'm sick of what these people are saying. I'm sick of the fact that they're making me look bad by saying that I'm doing wrong by one of the great players in franchise history. They're saying this. They're saying that. I'm sick of it. Mark Murphy doesn't have that same juice that an owner would have. And I think it makes it more likely the Packers dig in because the Jets do have an owner who can show up at any moment and say to Joe Douglas, give them what they want. This needs to be over. Now, I want to make sure that I share what I believe on what I think the Packers want. But before I get there, here's, here's where I think we have to at least, at least account given his history, yeah, for the possibility that he's playing word games. Because we know he knows how to play a good word game. What do you mean by that? We this? know well. Yeah. Uh, I've been immunized. Yeah, okay. We know, right, we right. know he likes to yeah. play word games, yeah. okay? When he says, when he says, and we've been down this road multiple times as it relates to teams with players that are rumored to be traded. What do they say, Chris? We don't intend intend. to trade Percy Harvin. We don't intend to trade Russell Wilson. (laughs) It's my intention to play for the Jets. And anybody else? Ah. He surely, he surely isn't going to show up if the Packers drag their feet on this. He surely isn't going to say, my intention has changed. I now want to play for the Green Bay Packers. And I think it would be very tough for him to walk back everything he said yesterday but, but the same way, and see, when, when someone reveals to you that they have the capacity to play these stupid ass, what did I exactly say? Right. You didn't seek clarification. Shame on you. <laughs> right. Well, is he going to turn back around and say, shame on Pat McAfee, AJ Hawk, and Pac-Man Jones for not asking me, can your intention change? They could have asked me, but they didn't. But he specifically said intention. And since we've already played the immunized game with Aaron Rodgers, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's why we have to keep our eyes out for the possibility that he specifically said intention so he could still try the nuclear option if the Packers drag their feet too long and he could just show up and say, here I am, deal with me, F you, pay me. And you're going to pay me $60 million. Well, that that's where, like, I think there's the, the healthy discussion of, you know, as we, you, you know, you kind of started off the conversation. And I think this is where it's kind of fun and debatable. And I'm not sure what side I really am on here. But when you, you talked about it and you hit it, like, hey, the Packers, you know, they have a lot of power here. And the way the contract is set up and the June 1st and all that. And they got their quarterback. And you're right about that. And the Jets don't have anybody other than Zach Wilson. And the, the fan base would rather jump off the George Washington Bridge than him be the, the starting quarterback of the Jets. So there is that aspect. But there is the other aspect of, yeah, what we're talking about. Okay, Rodgers, yes, he is greatest player, top three of franchise history. I mean, do you really want to do people dirty like that? That doesn't make it look good for even players in your locker room or future players, anything like that. All right, now, yes, he's going to be on McAfee. He's going to talk and probably just continue to pressure them if this doesn't go the way they want, talk about them more, say things. And then there's the element you're talking about, whether, you know, Rodgers – he is that kind of guy, I think, that maybe would show up if it got to the point where he's like, what the hell? What? What? Okay, fine. I'm going to come here and be the damn – I mean, he does have that card, and that would be the ultimate dysfunctional let me mess up your current locker room and your franchise as it speaks right now distraction. So that's where I'm uh, – Mike, and I don't know if there's something else I'm missing, please point it out, but that's where I'm kind of go back and forth with the the power element of this conversation here. I don't think he wants to play that card, but I think using the term intention is enough. was specifically aimed at keeping it in his pocket. Yeah, yeah, right. And so right. if he has to get to this point, if he has to show the sword a little bit, if they continue to be unreasonable, if his effort to simply make a plea to their good nature if they have any, and they do, they do. We all have good nature of somewhere. And it's a question of whether or not the right person says the right thing at the right time to get us to realize 
we need to do the right thing. And that's what he's trying to do. And I think he's hoping that folks like us will take up the cause for him. Well, maybe not me specifically. Too bad, Aaron. I'm doing it. I think he's right. I think they should let him go. I think they should be reasonable. And I know this. The Jets believe they are being unreasonable. We don't know yet. Still being very careful and quiet. I have a theory or a hypothesis, at least, on what the Packers want. But the Jets, I know, believe that the Packers are being unreasonable. And the question is, who blanks? And Chris, from the Jets' perspective, you know, I hadn't thought of it before. Do they really need him there? He knows the offensive system like the back of his no, hand. No, Daniel Hackett is the coordinator. A hundred percent. They can play this out. They could. They're, they're exactly right. You know, is it be an easier transition really than it was for Brett Favre going there? You know, whatever. How many years ago that was? 14, 15 years ago. It will. So that's not that is not going to be a problem. Now, you know, you'd like him there, right? For all the things we've stated here over the last few weeks and the things we complained about a little bit during the regular season that, hey, you want to. You know, get with these guys, grow with them, get on the same page as Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and some of these younger football players. But no, it's not an end all be all. It's not, you know, and we saw, like, we saw Brady kind of in his year. They didn't have OTAs that year, right? The COVID season. He, yeah, he might have to do something like that go to New York, throw balls, you know, be on a practice field, some high school in New Jersey, something like that, and kind of exactly. do it. Exactly. You know, and that's you're right. So that's not that's where they're not desperate. And in the meantime, they could sell it as like, hey, Zach Wilson's getting some practice reps and kind of getting going. And, you know, he's developing, too. So uh, there is a little bit of a yeah, it's not end all be all right now. Get it done for the Jets either because of that. I think it's a good point, Mike. And the one thing that the Packers do benefit from, because this came up yesterday, that the Packers clear his salary off the books, the Packers don't have to pay him. It's in their interest to move on from him. They do have a situation where his cap number with him on the roster is six or seven million lower than the cap charge will be if they trade him before June one. So there is some burden to doing this. If he was just going to retire, they carry the thirty one million until after June one. And then they move him to the reserve retired list at that point. The cap charge goes down to 12-ish for this year with 24 hitting next year. They would have that luxury if he wasn't going to be traded, if they were just going to move him to the reserve retired list. So there is a burden to the Packers in trading him before June 1. So the question is, that extra $6 million in cap charge that the Packers absorbed this year, what's that worth by way of an enhanced draft pick on top of the fact that they're giving Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. And look, if you've got, this is why it was genius for the Packers to do this. And this is why I'm amending my statement that it was malpractice to not have the agreement in place. I think back to what the Texans did last year. Yeah. They basically had a cover charge to talk to Deshaun Watson. You had to satisfy GM Nick Casario as to what you were willing to give. Right. Here's what they were trying to avoid. If you have four teams and you have three of them that are ready to give you everything you want, and you have one that won't, and you let your player talk to all four of them, you're running the risk that he falls in love with the one that's playing hardball. So that's why you make sure they all meet your requirement before you even let them talk. When you only have one, it's a different analysis. Yeah, sure. you got one team that's coming at him, one team that wants to talk to him, That team already wants him. Go ahead. Let's let the hook get in a little bit deeper. And then we'll we'll put our thumbs on the scale when you've got no other options. When Derek Carr has signed with the Saints. When Jimmy Garoppolo is signing with the Raiders. You got nowhere else to go. Now it's give us what we want. So it was genius by the Packers to do that because they then could come back around and say, we want what we want, and if you want him now, this is what you're going to give us, and we're in no hurry to do this deal. Yeah, well, you know, and and you know, to your point there, and as you were explaining it too, you know, it's hard not to say, hey, Rogers is maybe at fault of that situation as well a little bit, with kind of just dragging his feet and maybe not, you know, trying to make the rounds to meet with certain teams and and you know start that a little bit. You know, he's the one that kind of boxed himself in here. We kind of knew like. It was Jets or who else? Oh, maybe the Raiders, right? But I don't think anybody thought that was serious there. 
So he never really got out there or made any other teams involved in the or got any teams involved in this conversation. You know, so you know, I think you could place some blame there. But like, at what point, Mike? Too, you know, I, I want to hear your theory. What do you think they're asking for? I, I that's where I mean, again, I I got no lean here, no feel at all. People keep bringing up the Matthew Stafford trade. I go, that, that's ridiculous. Matthew Stafford was thirty two when he got traded, and then there's the whole Jared Goff getting the contract off the books and all of that conversation. So that trade is not apples to apples there. You know, so I, I'm I'm like extremely intrigued. I'm a fan here, going like, what do they what do they want? What are they asking for? What's going on here? I mean, I got no clue. Here's what I believe based yeah. upon talking to multiple people who have some knowledge of what's going on, and people connected the Jets, as you said yesterday, they ain't saying anything specific about this. They are being very careful because they still have a fear this could all blow right. up in their faces. What I believe, what I currently believe is that the Packers want first-round pick this year and something in 2025 if he plays in 2024. That's what I believe. Now, I don't know it, but that's the conclusion I've come to after right. spending a decent amount of time trying to find out what they want. I believe they want first-round pick plus protection in 25 in the event he plays in 24. And, uh, you know, is it fair Seems like too much. Seems like too much for a guy for that isn't going to play for you anyway. Right. And yeah. they're only maybe going and, to play one the, year. And, Chris, the best solution would be, and maybe maybe we have to go through the draft. Maybe this is going to be something that hangs over us for the next five weeks. Oh, please don't. Weeks. I think please it's six weeks Don't now. do it to me, please. Well, and, <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe we need to get to a point where it's 2024 draft picks, not 23. And that draft pick is determined by what he does, just like Brett Favre. Yeah. Right? Somebody, somebody connected to all of this asked my opinion last night. Because every once in a while, people do ask my opinion. As crazy as that may sound, they do. And I said, dust off the Brett Favre trade. That's what's fair. The problem is the Brett Favre trade was done post-draft. So it was easy to say, we're going to do a four if this happens, a three if this happens, a two if this happens, a one if that happens, oh, and three first-round picks if you trade him back to someone in the NFC North. Before the draft in the season when the guy's going to play, you can't hinge the trade on on what he does because you don't know what he's going to do. How about this? How about this? Here's an idea. And this is why I like talking things through because then I come up with things. Sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they're feckin' nutty. And there's that word again. And yes, we will we will be saying feck or some variation thereof at least once a day every day for as long <laughs> as the show is on. And if we continue, that may not be much longer. How about this? Okay, Packers, we'll give you the first round pick. Okay? You want that first round pick, we'll give it to you. But but we get something back from you next year right. if he doesn't play X percent. And if it's less than that, we get something more back. And if it's less than that, we get something more back. So basically, the reverse Brett Favre for 24, based upon what he does or doesn't do, as the balance to the first-round pick this year. What do you think of that? Well, I, I think there's there's some logic there to that. Right, yeah. Oh, or, or even if, like, you know, to, to your point, he's played one year. You know, he only plays one year. Yeah, we gave you a first-round pick, but because it's only one year, now you got to trade us back a second or a third rounder or something of that. You know, if he plays two years, okay, maybe you don't have to trade us anything, or maybe it's a later mid-round pick or something. Along with what you're talking about, we'll give you some compensation for 24. But yeah, a first-round pick for this scenario for a guy that you know is not going to be your quarterback. Uh, and you got a quarterback in line that you drafted and you started this problem, you Green Bay. Let's just not forget that. That's this is them. They started this. That, you know, a first round pick is just it's too rich. It's too expensive. It's actually the more I sit here and talk about it and think about, you know, players in in, in the NFL right now and and throughout time where situations, yeah, up in their career and Hey, we got a replacement already, and we're not, you know, everybody knows that we don't want you anymore, and it's time to move on. I mean, nobody ever holds people's feet to the fire in this conversation. This is, it's kind of rare. There, it's, it's kind of a, 
it's kind of a like a, a middle finger Jersey State bird right up you to Aaron Rodgers here. It really is actually. The, the more and more I kind of unpack it in my own brain here and had a night to sleep on it, it is. And the more and more I sit here and talk about it, I, more and more I go, yeah, no, Green Bay, it's on you to get this done. It is. I know he's been a little bit of a pain in the butt, but you got to figure one out that's like, you know, logical. I know you got to run your business and you want to get the most you can out of it, but there's a point here where it does look dirty and scumbaggish a little bit with the way you treat the guy. I'm sorry for that phrase there. I didn't know why it came out of my mouth, but uh, yeah, they're, they're doing him dirty here a little bit. There's no doubt about that the more we talk about it and I think about it. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. And this is one of the basic realities of the NFL. It is driven by deadlines, always. All, all big negotiations are driven by deadlines. When I practiced law and we would negotiate potential settlements of civil cases, deadlines drove the action. Nobody wants to go to their bottom line position prematurely because then between when you do and the actual deadline, you get squeezed off of it. Now, the most important thing is to have the two sides agree on when the deadline is. When is the deadline? When is the last possible moment they can do this? And I don't think they agree on when that is. And I think the sense is Jets just want to do it now. Packers say we can wait until the draft because we want 2023 draft pick compensation. So unless and until the Jets say, fine, we'll wait until the draft to do this, it's on them to move. If you want the deadline to be now, Jets, go ahead and give us what we want or something close to what we want or propose some solution that we find acceptable. Otherwise, we wait. It costs us nothing to wait. We're not going to have the pitchfork and torches cheese heads demanding that we do this. I really think that that's the key here. There is no one that matters to the Packers who is in a position to pressure the Packers to do anything. And in the absence of an owner who can say at any given moment, we just need to be done with this. The, the Packers, wrong as it may be, and as, as indicative as it may be of not doing right by one of your all-time great players and the bad message it sends to your future great players. And really, Jordan Love is the guy who would be the most likely to look at this and say, man, they're going to do that to me in 15 years? Yeah. I don't think he cares about 15 years. No. I think it's a good problem to have. If 15 years from now, he caps an illustrious career with a clunky exit from Green Bay. Because that's what Aaron Rodgers witnessed, front row seat in 2008. A clunky, awkward exit by Brett Favre from Green Bay. They didn't do right by him. They manipulated Brett Favre, I believe. They preyed on Brett Favre, I believe. They knew that he was going to say, if they pressed him for an answer in February on whether he was going to play in 2008, Fine, I'll retire. I think they specifically pressed him for that answer so he would say the magic word. And then they slammed the door and they barricaded it with furniture and hoped he wouldn't come back. And then when he did, they reluctantly, they, were, they didn't give him everything he wanted. They played hardball with him. What leverage did they have? They were going to pay him $12 million to sit his ass on the bench while Aaron Rodgers played. That wouldn't have been good for anybody. 
He's the one that caved then. He wanted to be traded to the Vikings, the Bears, or the Lions. He caved and said, fine, I'll play for the damn Jets. Now, this time around, the pressure's being put on the damn Jets, not on the quarterback. I think it's fascinating, and I guess my point is, why does Aaron Rodgers think they're going to treat him any differently than they treated Brett Favre? No, I, I hear you there. Well, you know, again, that's where Rodgers might have to continue to put more pressure on this situation. Uh, you know, that, that might be his, you know, his best card that he can play here, whether that's continue to go on Pat McAfee, other things like that. I don't know. Show up in the Green Bay area, go to your house there a little bit, make them think you may be coming into the facility. You know, I, I mean, you know, you, you said it right. First off, yeah, it's clunky. But, hey, that's the NFL, all right? I mean, there, there's, there's very few people in the history of the league that have had a separation from a team and it's gone gracefully, you know, into retirement. I mean, even the GOAT in New England, it got a little clunky at the end, right? You know, they kept it respectable and said all the right things, but it was clunky. It always goes that way. I mean, John Elway, you know, we're getting to like a numbered few people where – it, it it's like you can look at it and go, well, it wasn't clunky. They walked off in the sunset the perfect way. I mean, even Peyton Manning, they were kind of trying to show him the door that year in Denver after, you know, when he won the Super Bowl. They took $4 million away. Exactly. They, uh, they took $4 million so, of the salary away no in last year in mean, Denver. He made it all back when they won the Super Bowl. Right. Benched him for Brock Osweiler. So this is no, nothing new. But it's new in the fact that, yeah, it's rare that, again, like I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to come up with a list of scenarios like this of like players in football where we know the team doesn't want them anymore, right? And they get traded because, wait, the value's not there. Everybody knows they don't want them. And Green Bay is bucking the trend here and going, no, actually, we want more. We want more. And he's only going to maybe play a year for you. It actually doesn't make any sense. And that's where you're probably hearing that word unreasonable because when you put it out in that logic and – Again, I wish I would have prepared like some guys that were in that scenario before we did the show, but I'm not that smart always to think about those things beforehand. That I, I think it would actually show itself that it's, there aren't many. It's where, yeah. where where would it be? Where would it be where there's been a guy who's played with a team for a really long time that the team absolutely positively no longer wants, but another team does, so they jack up the price yeah, exactly just because there's somebody else that wants exactly it because and, they can. And there's a million instances of the other way we're we're talking about where yeah the team doesn't want him like you said he's old they have the replacement and we go wow. Team X is going to get that player for a fourth rounder? That's unbelievable, right? I mean, I, I feel like we say that five, six times you know, a year. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, there you go. Damn good player. We know they don't want him. Out the door. Third rounder. Like, there it is. There's a million instances like that. Hey, and we don't want to do you dirty here and hold you hostage. You did great for us. Helped us win a Super Bowl. So that's where it does look bad on Green Bay. And I do think if Rodgers, you know – can do this the right way and be tactful and th thoughtful and not petty about it in any way, he might be able to turn the, the tides of the pressure and the talking points and the fan base a little bit here into his favor to where we're all again going like we were three years ago. Green Bay, what the hell are you doing? What did you think was going to happen when you drafted Jordan Love? It could be that conversation if he does this the right way. Well, and I think the right way means rely on others to do it. And that's where Maybe. the media comes in. Don't yeah. attack the media. Don't alienate the media. Don't be petty about the media. And the media may be on your side. Now, Chris and I are mature enough, me specifically, to separate the fact that Aaron Rodgers has disdain for me but still argue on his behalf that the Packers are being unreasonable and they should do the right thing by one of the all-time great players in yeah. franchise history. Maybe others in the media aren't quite as mature and will be pissed off about just this general sense. And it oozes through. Anytime the issue comes up, he has this unreasonable obsession with people reporting on him and getting facts wrong to the point where, and we're going to play the sound right now, he deliberately distorts what a report was to fit his narrative that people are reporting untrue things about him. It is astounding. Here he is talking about what was characterized by Diana Rossini of ESPN as a wish list and twisting it into something completely different from a wish list. Have a listen. People want these things to be so true. They're like, I'm in this meeting, you know, you know, dressed in, you know, 
ceremony regalia, giving them some sort of like no, handwritten on parchment uh, demand list of people they need to sign. Like, listen, I think objectively, a lot of people can look at Alan Lazard and go, he's a really good player. We would love to have him on our team. And then anybody with a brain would maybe call me on any team and go, hey, what kind of uh, you know locker room guy is Alan Lazard? Uh, what's his work ethic like? And I'd say, he's a great dude. He's an awesome dude. Anybody would be lucky to have him in the locker room. And if somebody asked me about Big Dog or uh, Kabi, or I don't even know who else was on that list, I'd say the same thing. George, all Odell. Dudes. Oh, Odell, Odell. I mean, first of all, who wouldn't want to have Odell on their team? Like, <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, he'd be cool. Like, yeah, come on. But what are we talking about here? I don't have demands. Look, my only demand is for transparency. Now, he, he did mention the list a couple of times, which kind of implies there is a list. He said it early. List. He mentioned the word list. And I guess he would say, well, I was just referring to their characterization. I don't actually have a list. But no one said it was a list of demands. He took wish list and turned it into ransom note. And I'm not going to play for you if you don't go get these guys. And it's just weird to see this vendetta he has against those who would like to do their jobs and try to ascertain true facts about what he plans to do and get so mad to the point where he's willing to warp what the report is to fit his narrative. And I got no qualms calling him out about it because I think it was bullshit what he said yesterday. And I think that that's the moment where McAfee and Hawk should have said, nobody's called this demands. Aaron. Now, the problem is, and somebody pointed this out to me last night, the setup by McAfee made it sound stronger than a wish list. Yeah, right. But still, Aaron Aaron knows what the reporting is. Yeah. He could he could have said, well, it wasn't quite to that point. Nobody said that I sent the Jets a ransom note, and I'm not going to play for you unless you deliver me all of my friends and former teammates. But we know who's on the list, Chris, because... He said it himself back in January on that same show. He rattled off the names. Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari. He said it himself. And Odell Beckham Jr., he confirmed that. Who wouldn't want him? Well, I guess you do. He's currently unemployed, so nobody wants him. You do. So I, I, I just I, – I look, it's very easy – to jump onto the anti-media narrative. We've seen plenty of bullies in recent years do that and try to make us the enemy. So we are intimidated to not speak the truth. I don't know why they do it. But he's wrong in this case. And I hope people realize it and don't just jump on. Yeah, Aaron, go get him, Aaron. You show him, Aaron. He's just wrong. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, this has been, you know, Aaron Rodgers a little bit ever since I feel like the Jordan Love trade a little bit where it's just like, um, you know, if I had to put myself in his shoes, it's it's been a, a career and probably a little bit of like, you know, him people, people feeling like he's not appreciated to the degree, you know, he feels like, you know, doesn't get the credit for the player. He probably feels like. Right, it's always Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. In his mind, he's probably like, "Wait, you put me on the practice field with Tom Brady, and like you're gonna go, whoa, one guy's way better, and it's not Tom Brady. If I got to play in New England, what would it be like? I mean, he's so so. I think there's a chip on his shoulder for maybe the lack of respect for the player he's been, and then he yeah, he got to a point where he just is like gone scorched earth a little bit on the media or anybody that questions him or whatever, and he's gonna. He's got to this point where he just said, screw it, I'm going to control the narrative. And that's why he does this Pat McAfee show. And it's gotten some people to love him, but I think it's gotten a lot of people also to go, damn, you know, it's too much. It's oversaturation. And to your point, too, yeah, it wasn't a demand list. It was a wish list. And you don't have to hand a piece of paper to anybody for them to figure that out. They can talk. They've talked to people I'm sure they knew in Green Bay. Oh, wait, that's right. Their offensive coordinator was in Green Bay. They know who Aaron Rodgers' best friends are. Oh, I'm not like, like they don't think, we don't think Nathaniel Hackett maybe also told Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, hey, you know, if we get Alan Lazard here and, you know, maybe we can get Tunyon and talk to Randall Cobb, I think that'll go a long way to showing we support him and help him come here and all of that. 
So, yeah, he didn't have to have a demand or a list or a ransom note like you're talking about. He could let it be known just within conversation how important those guys are, let alone they're going to be able to figure it out through connections of football, and they're going to try to do their best to appease that, to make their new superstar quarterback happy and comfortable in their new spot. So there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why he wouldn't – I don't know why he fights some of these things sometimes. I guess that's what I'm saying. Why fight it? Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I didn't make a demand list. I want to correct that. But I did let them know I think Alan Lazard's a hell of a player, and, yeah, I'd love to have a few guys of mine around me in the locker room. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody would go – nobody in football would be like, what an asshole he is. How dare he wants to bring friends that are good players and make him feel comfortable. Nobody would have cared. That's, that's where sometimes I don't understand why he fights the fight he fights at times. Well, and I think what he was upset about and, – and, again, this gets back to the reality that even though they claim they pay no attention, the rabbit ears are up all the time. Because it wasn't the reports. It was the reaction by some to the reports – and some taking wish list and misinterpreting it as ransom note. But it was never, in anything I saw, characterized as anything but a wish list. Sure. Santa Claus list. That, that's, it's it, not or else. Not you, you deliver all these guys under contract or I'm not going to join your team. I mean, come on. He, he knows how unrealistic that is. So you get four out of five. You didn't deliver the fifth one. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'm not coming. You you knew the terms. I told you what was going to happen if you failed, and now I'm going to do it and enjoy my four former teammates who won't be able to play with me now. I mean, think of how ridiculous that would sound if anyone was saying that. Yeah. And no one said it. No one said it. So I think it's just the broader – yeah, the broader point of all of it, the whole the, career. It's, it's just we just it's anti media. He's got a, he's got he's got a problem with the media generally. Well, and yeah, and we've seen others who take that anti media approach and try to poison the minds of the audience against the media because the media are is are media are technically media are the things that keep those folks honest when they are spreading bullshit. That's what they don't like. They'd rather be unchecked in their ability to say what they want and do what they want without scrutiny, without oversight, without anyone saying to the rest of the world, this guy's up to something. Well, yeah. I That's why they don't yeah. like the yeah, media. You're right. You're they, right. They, they who would attack us, they don't like us because – we are their external conscience, yeah. and we shine the light on the things that they want to do that maybe they shouldn't be doing. Well, I think he had two things that jump out to me. One, yeah, you know, maybe the little bit of a disrespect or that he has felt, you know, about his career. But there's, you know, I think the first part that would jump out, or if I put myself in his shoes, where I'd be like, you know, f the media, would be some of the the Jordan Love and that whole issue there, and how a lot of people looked at him and like, you're a baby, just play football. Oh, you, you know, you, oh, you just play for Green Bay, compete. You're lucky to. So I'm sure there's a part of him that's like, what? I just got screwed over worse than any great player in the history of football. So I'm sure there was a part of him there that was like, what? The media's telling me I'm the problem here when they went behind my back and tried to push me out the door and get another quarterback and all of that. And now you're mad that I'm mad, right? So I could see him being pissed at that. And then, hey, the next one. It's his own fault with the immunized. And I think you put a couple of those two things together, that would, you know, be the perfect combination of, you know, the last three years of like two incidents that I would look at to go, I think that has, you know, pissed him off a little bit and he doesn't like the attention he got. One, he didn't deserve it. Oh, the oh, other sorry, one, yeah. he did deserve he blatantly it. Blatantly lied. Yeah. I know. Blatantly lied know. and got mad at those who called him a liar. Liar. He lied. And that's the thing. That's why I say now when he says it's my intention to play for the Jets, he's maybe trying to stake out territory where he can say, you got to go back and play the tape. What did I exactly say? And that sounds implausible when you say that in isolation. It doesn't sound implausible because he's already played that card. Now, maybe you can only play that card once in your life, or maybe once you play that card, you prove yourself as somebody who plays that card whenever he needs to. And he specifically adds that card to the deck. I think that's the takeaway. When he said intention to play for the Jets, he was adding that card to the deck in the event that he needs to use it at some point. So uh, bottom line is he does want to play for the Jets. And one of the reasons 
This came up yesterday as well, and this isn't a shocker. Nathaniel Hackett, who went to Denver last year because I think the Broncos thought they were getting him. I wish they had asked that yesterday. (laughs) If you had left last year, which team would you have gone to? Because I think the Broncos were ready for him with Nathaniel Hackett. 100%. Here he is talking about the impact of Nathaniel Hackett's presence this year in New York on his decision to intend to play for the Jets. There's, you know, a lot of reasons why, uh, you know, the the Jets are attractive. Um, But, you know, there's one coach who's been as much to me as any coach I've ever had, and he happens to be the coordinator there. So, um, Okay, so that did matter when it happened. Okay, and it ended up mattering, potentially. It didn't matter at the time, for sure. But uh, there was obviously, you know, an interest from them and just from, you know, quite a few other teams. Yeah, and look, he he got on, he went on, excuse me, to get a little pissy about the notion that that the Jets specifically hired Hackett to lure Rodgers to New York, even though the presence of Hackett lured Rodgers to New York because he then defended what a great coach he is, even though last year as a head coach did not go well. Rodgers said it's disrespectful to suggest they specifically hired this guy to get Aaron Rodgers on the team. The guy can coach football, and that's fine. I I respect him for saying that. Yeah, I mean, he's right in that. So he's he's right to do that one. But the truth is it worked. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to the extent they were thinking Aaron Rodgers when they went into the offseason, yes, hiring a coach that he clearly wants to play for is one of the keys to getting him to choose to play for the Jets. Yeah, I, I I I hear you there. It certainly didn't hurt, but I don't think that was the only reason that that conversation was had there, right? No, I mean, again, we knew that Derek Carr, there was interest there. Jimmy Garoppolo, there was interest there, right? So uh, that that's 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 like this. I think was maybe just icing on the cake. Hey, man, you know, he's got a relationship with Rogers, so you know, we, we can play that angle too if we get involved in that. But I don't think it was like, hey, let's hire, let's hire Hackett because then Rodgers will want to come here. No, I think it was let's hire Hackett because he's the best for this job. And, hey, Rodgers likes him, and that might open up the, the door for Rodgers to want to come here if that all presents itself. So I respect the fact that he stuck up for Nathaniel Hackett, and it's important. And, yeah, I do think that Rodgers was the reason Denver signed uh, Russell Wilson last year was because Rogers said no at the last second. You know, Russell Wilson was Plan B. They can say all they want. We know Russell Wilson was Plan B. All right, this is they do. There's a specialness there, and for a quarterback, when you have that kind of guy, you know, and and Nathaniel Hackett's dad was kind of that guy for me. It just it, it it changes the whole environment and your vibe on a daily basis going in the building knowing you got not only an ally but a guy that you know sees the game the way you do and you can have good constructive conversations about game plans and all that uh so he's a big factor i'm sure now and you know again i i, I think that's yeah why we are where we are it's a, it is a special relationship first of all what stuck up did I, did I say stuck that? Up for stuck, up. <laughs> stuck up. Stuck up. Stuck up. Stuck up. I don't know. Again, it's, I don't know. It's uh, 7.54. My brain's still working out the cobwebs, well, all right? Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll, see if the, we'll see if the Packers are able to stuck up the Jets in their effort to get what they want for Aaron Rodgers. And go back and read the item in The Athletic from a few weeks back. The headline was, Russell Wilson tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired on his way out the door. As you go deeper down... You see how Nathaniel Hackett's experience with Aaron Rodgers caused him to mishandle Russell Wilson because Hackett was too hands-off. Hackett was too deferential. And that's my message to Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets. Dude, you're going to have your hands full. It's, it's, you, 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 better, you better have a strategy for tiptoeing around the delicate genius because Hackett's going to let him do whatever he wants to do, and it's going to be a challenge for the head coach to push the right buttons, to get Aaron Rodgers pointed in the right direction. And this is the last point, because I think this is important. I think the Jets like the fact that the Packers are playing this out and that the Packers are being unreasonable and that the Packers have dug in because it just adds more fuel to what motivates Rodgers yeah. to have a great season yeah. in 2023, Chris. Yeah, it's a good point. It is. I, I'm sure I'm sure it does. And, you know, I, I think we kind of 
hit on that a little bit. He said 90% retire, 10% play, comes out of the dark, hears that the Packers don't really like him anymore and are serious there, and all of a sudden there's extra motivation and it's not 90-10 anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that statement. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, one of the actually two of the most intriguing remaining free agents as of yesterday found new homes at some point on Wednesday. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 